This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing. Hey friends, Josh here. Super quickly, welcome back to Deadset Podcasting. This is part two of my conversation with Paul Isaacs from Sound Devices. We get into some pretty technical geeky stuff in this one. And you might not have heard some of what we're going to talk about today in other interviews or online. And it's really interesting. That's all I'm going to say. So we cover a couple of their tools. So Wave Agent, which I found indispensable. That's a free software tool. You'll hear only a small amount of what the tool can do, but a few really powerful features in today's conversation. A few things where it saved my bacon from basically losing an important interview in the past. And we'll also talk about Noise Assist, one of the plugins available for the Series 2 Mix Pre range, which sounds absolutely incredible. So for anyone who wants to support the show, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash deadsetpod or deadsetpodcasting.com slash support. Obviously, times are tough. I don't expect anyone to ever give money to the show if you can't afford to do so. That's just not reasonable. But even just to share or an email to a friend to say, hey, this show might help your show to become a little bit better or whatever, sound a bit better or make better content, just to share with someone you care about or whose show you care about and you think might benefit from the show, I'd really appreciate that. Deadsetpodcasting.com slash support. You'll also find, I think, a link there to rate and review the show if you feel like that's something you might want to do. Okay, Paul Isaacs, Head of Product Development for Sound Devices, the creator of my favorite piece of audio equipment probably of all time, other than my Soldano SLO 100, although they're neck and neck in that department. Paul is the man, the voice of the company. So here we go. Fantastic accent as we covered in the last episode. So get ready for double accent. You're listening to Dead Set Podcasting with your host, Josh Liston. This is a show dedicated to podcasting in Australia, New Zealand and Southeast Asia. Follow along with today's episode over at deadsetpodcasting.com. Okay, here we go. Can, do you mind if I ask you two more questions, Paul? These might seem a little unrelated, but one, this is something I've been asked because people see this as a, some kind of complication or a bad thing, but to me it was made complete sense. I think in the original version, the main file that you were recording you was a poly wave file from memory. And yes. can you just maybe from a technical point of view, because we've been reasonably technical today, can you talk through the rationale for choosing to do a poly wave file as opposed to a huge amount of individual tracks when you're exporting something? There has to be I've got my suspicions what the reason is, but I'd love to hear it from an expert. <laughs> okay. Well, um I, I guess I should say to start with that the mix pre does have an ability to record monophonic. Do, does the user base know the difference between polyphonic and monophonic? Let's uh, wave let's files? maybe cover it if you've got time because that okay. Yeah. So yeah, we should. Uh, so monophonic and polyphonic um, uh, wave files are universally read by every. Both types are universally read by any door or music application. So in the sense of which do I choose to get compatibility, they both they both work. So basically. When you're recording multiple channels, so more than one, <laughs> so it could be a stereo channel, which is a stereo wave file, which has got two, or it could be, you know, um, a file with lots of ISOs in there and the mix, in which case it could be 
10 channels, it could be 12 channels, it could be even larger. So a polyphonic file essentially takes all of those different channels, interleaves them together and puts them in a single file. So all the channels are in one file. And so it's all neatly wrapped up into one file. Whereas monophonic files are basically one file per track, essentially. So if I was doing a, an eight-track recording, then you'd end up with eight files, individual files, which you'd have to import individually and, and make sure they're lined up in your door. All, all those monophonic files, they're recorded dead in sync, sample accurately dead in sync, so that when you do bring them into a door and you make sure they're all dragged to zero, that they will be perfectly sampled sync. So there's no concern there. I'm assuming the other reason is, Paul, for something, just if you're like an indie filmmaker or a video podcaster, or if you've got four individual mic channels, is you can't accidentally leave one behind when you're importing it. If they're in a poly, like if there's a poly file, they're all going to come over, so you can't lose a file by accident and then accidentally delete one of the four tracks. I mean, I just should say this first, that in, the, in our higher-end equipment, um, we support both poly and monophonic, so you get to choose. In the Mix Pre series, it's all polyphonic unless you have um, the Musicians plugin, which is an optional plugin you can download from the Sound Devices store, um, which adds a whole bunch of music overdubbing features and stuff, so it becomes like a little mini door. But that actually does record as... Um, monophonic files so you can do it there but not in the not in the standard mode and the reason for that i think number one is that it is easier in terms of file management having one file for delivery rather multiple to the point you just made files get lost in terms of efficiency writing a single file rather than multiple files it's more efficient and robust um, because if you're writing multiple files on a on a media, if it's having to jump around that piece of media looking for free sectors and blocks, it does basically, from a technical point of view, it it's slightly less efficient. And it is, I guess, you know, if done badly, it can result <laughs> in problems. Yeah. Um, um, not that we have those problems because we, we do have monophonic in our higher-end equipment. Um, but it's... Um, Really just for user simplicity, I think that we st we decided to do the, the, poly, the poly thing only in normal mode. And we, we were very aware anyway that when bringing those poly files, because they're supported by all doors, you can bring those poly files into any door and the file could be treated as a poly file or it could automatically split on import yeah. into... I think most workstations, Pro Tools, Logic, they Reaper, they all allow that sort of capability to split into monos. So we thought, well, why, why, is it, why don't you handle it there? And then we also do also provide a, uh, a free software app called Wave Agent. That was my second question, Paul, which is <laughs> yeah, you, br a brilliant piece of free software. Yeah, so that's um, why we, we stuck with that. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about Wave Agent, which has got to be... <laughs> the most randomly great piece of free software I've come across. Two, it can do two things, and I never realized it would even be an issue until I had an important interview that I'd done on a different recorder, and I was basically during my transition to the mix pre, and I thought, oh, well, these guys seem so helpful. I'm going to ask them, 
and push my luck with the tech support. Oh, I just bought a mix pre, but I've got a question unrelated. <laughs> and they're like, when I put my file into my door, it sounds like my voice has gone down an octave and I'm speaking slowly. And your tech support wrote back, I think within a couple of hours, it sounds like it's a misstamped wave header. And the actual sampling rate of the file is in 44.1, and but it's been stamped as 48 or vice versa. So uh-huh. the file's trying to play back something that isn't actually there. And I'm yep. like, okay, I've never heard of that. And then your tech guys linked me straight to the wave agent. They said, oh, we actually make this piece of software that can fix that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I dragged it in there and hit a, <laughs> I literally dragged it in, hit a button, and then it re-stamped the file with a different wave header so the door could read it correctly. And as well, I mean, the other thing it can do is split poly wave files, but not just split them all out. You can actually select which tracks you want to be bumped out to your computer. So you're not, you don't have a whole file and then a bunch, you know, 16 empty files and one that you actually need. <laughs> you could actually. Yeah. Could we just talk about, is there anything else in the wave agent? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, that feature you mentioned about being able to restamp the files to get the playback speed um fixed is that probably one of the probably one of the least known features about wave agent but it saved a two-hour recording for me so it's absolutely crucial actually (laughs) if you if you want to have a bit of fun um here's something else you (laughs) always want to have fun (laughs) and i think this is cool for sound effects people uh really cool so um you can bring in a file and go to that sample rate field where you put in the new sample rate that you want it to be stamped at. Yep. And you can pretty much type in any number. It can be the most obscure sample rate number. Like it could be like 173 kilohertz or, <laughs> or 91 kilohertz. It can, yeah, be, yeah. it can be anything. And it will actually um, stamp it as such and play back that file that obscure pitched and it'll pitch it accordingly at that obscure rate it'll play it at that rate and then you can sort of like re-record it outside it's it's almost like a pitch shifting tool yeah (laughs) it's good fun so you can make recordings on your mix pre bring them in i I, sometimes if i'm having a laugh i'll I'll do recordings at 192 kilohertz bring them into that and then just try slowing it down by all these different proportions to different frequencies and it's good for sound effects uh, to play when you're doing sound effects but anyway no wave agent was originally designed primarily designed for um playback of to bring in polyphonic or monophonic wave files multi-channel to be able to edit the metadata inside those files metadata is simply a flash word for descriptive information so like uh, scene name notes add some descriptive notes um, take numbers and things like that uh, but it also allows you to sort of re-stamp time code sample rates it allows as you said you can split polyphiles into all sorts of combinations of, of monophonic but you can also go the other way and take monophonic files and combine them into polys um, which is a useful tool as well and then would that you can be, create sound sorry paul would that be for for example, if someone who's listening does voiceover work and the engineer wants a poly a file where you it's recombined of maybe on the left you've got your raw take and then on your right you've got your process track, so then they can just re-split them again at the other end. Like what what would be the purpose of recombining a file? Well, the, the main reason we put it in there originally is because because we offer the choice of monophonic or polyphonic on our recorders. 
especially on the high-end recorders, oftentimes users would choose to, say, record monophonic files because that's what they thought post-production wanted. Yeah, okay. But in actual fact, post-production said, no, we wanted polys. What did you send us this rubbish for? <laughs> yeah. So then they could we basically just file. take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we did that for primarily, but I'm sure there's a, a hundred other uses for it. I did hear somewhere online a guy that does voiceover he had a request that he wanted they wanted a basically a file to be created that had a dry voice on one side and then basically his affected voice on the other side and then they would okay. split, split them again that made actually that's probably why why would you combine it and th- why would you combine it and then split it again i'm not sure but that just <laughs> seemed to be what these people were chasing because he was talking about how he actually did that i think he just panned them hard left hard right it is possible to do stuff like that with Wave Agent, but you have to adhere to a certain set of rules. Like you can only combine monophonic waves that have exactly the same length. And when I say exactly, exactly the same number of samples. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> so you have to know how to achieve that. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's probably a subject for another day. <laughs> yeah, probably. So we are coming towards the end of our hour here, Paul. And I guess, do you mind if we quickly just talk about the roadmap maybe for the mix pre, if there is anything you can talk about? I mean, obviously there's probably not a lot you can talk about, but is there any interesting conversations happening out on the internet with dream features that people are talking about that you might be thinking about? Or It's, you know, it's very much company policy. We very rarely talk about our roadmap uh, primarily because, well, two reasons. One is our comp- if the competitors here. Um, um, and secondly, um, we don't like to talk about a feature until we've proven we can really 100% do it <laughs> because so often, <laughs> so often, it, you know, you think, yeah, we're going to do this and then you, you actually can't make it happen. So it, we don't like to sort of get people's hopes up and then shatter their illusions. So, yeah. Um, but I, I think all, all I will say is there is plenty more to come. I mean, which is pretty astounding. I mean, for anyone listening, just go to our website and see all the features and the different plugins that we've added to Mixpre over the years. I mean, we've, we've got now got 32-bit float support. We've got the Mix Assist Auto Mixer, which is now in there. We've just um, introduced Noise Assist, which is a real-time noise suppression tool. And are we using um, that today, did you say, Paul? Noise Assist? Yeah, I, I'm sitting in an extremely loud air conditioning room right now. And you wouldn't like to hear me right now. And I'm applying, I'm applying about six dBs of real-time noise suppression well, to drop it. It's incredible because it hasn't affected your actual voice at all. And oh, good. I mean, well, I can tell that you're in a more open room than, for example, I am. But it doesn't sound like you're running any processing whatsoever. So this is this is a very u- unique tool. You won't find it in any other recorder. Can I apply that to every channel that's on my? On, Could on I go out tomorrow, pre- Paul, and start mix instead of taking this roadcaster thing that I don't actually particularly love? Can I? Can I just use my mix pre and then put the effect in while I'm recording it? Yep, you can. You can burn it in real time, so you get basically one. You can apply noises to either one channel or or a mix track. Okay. All right. So if you're doing, if for instance you've got a whole bunch of people that you're recording, the best way then would it be to apply the 
noise assist to the mix and it, then it will reduce it for everyone if you're just doing it on one voice then apply it to the channel so yeah this is a totally unique tool up till now the only way to achieve this would be to buy a dedicated bit of external hardware which would cost you thousands and thousands of dollars to achieve that wow that's amazing it is it's truly amazing and the reason why it's been, never been done before is because it requires a very complex it needs a very powerful dedicated hardware um and um sorry to just to clarify a, this is something that you i think paul you said before we spoke today you're on the mix pre 10 is that the yeah. is that the second series or the first so yeah i should clarify this actually noise assist is only available on the uh, mix pre 2 series yeah okay because it does need more powerful processing and the second Two series does have so more you guys are well, you're offloading that to another chip to process that or something, are you? Like, is there a I'm dedicated? Not going to tell you how, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I realise that. <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, this is a paid plugin. It's not for free. It's been a three-year, very expensive development, so we've had to sort of recoup some costs. But uh, just bear in mind, it's it's a three hundred dollar plugin, US dollar plugin. Yeah. Uh, but the nearest equivalent you can get to this would be to spend about. I'm guessing 5,000 Australian or, or 3,000 US dollars if you want to get it in another device. Holy so man. it's about a tenth of the cost. If you hadn't have mentioned that today, I would have been sitting here the whole time thinking, why does your room sound the way you are? Because you're, <laughs> there's no mic in the picture. Yeah, but can I just say something, Joshua? It's still nice to have red curtains behind you. It's very nice, and particularly when apparently <laughs> they look like Twin Peaks. I've heard Twin Peaks this week and Seinfeld, so apparently I'm a 90s person without realising <laughs> This isn't a video uh, podcast, is it? It it's, is not, no. Just pure you, you audio. Should, now you've got the curtains, you should start getting into vlogging. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to start. My actual podcast is a local interview show with a co-host and some guests. So this is this whole actually is way, way wider. There's other curtains here and two more couches here So in front of right. us. So, yeah, this is only one small bit. <laughs> so what mic are you running there? Sure. No, this is a RE20. Oh, it's funny. The mic so that actually you, is most flattering on my voice is the Rode NTG3 shotgun mic. But yeah. I find when I talk on an interview with that mic, it gives me this huge voice of God voice, and then everyone else sounds like they're talking through a normal mic. Right. <laughs> so are you having to use a are you having to use a cloud lifter with that? Well, here's something that's really interesting. Can we just talk quickly if you've got time? I talking to you and then banging out the roadcaster seems like it's a low ball move, but on the Rodecaster preamps are not what I was expecting quality-wise in, in terms of noise floor. So I'm running what's called an SE Dynamic DM1. It's like a dynamite stick. It's basically a cloud lifter, but it plugs straight into the mic so you don't need another cable. I think right. it's 29 dB of gain. When mm -hmm. I used I recorded a quick episode yesterday into my mix pre, and I had this turned on, and I had the Phantom Power on, and I thought, wait a sec. There's more noise than when I just plug straight into the mix pre. The the preamps are so clean on the mix pre that they're cleaner than adding a mic activator. The mic activator Definitely. added more noise, which I've never <laughs> ever experienced that with any other preamp. Yeah. They they well, usually make everything cleaner, <laughs> but it did it with the mix pre. <laughs> yeah, you, by plugging any any sort of middleman device between. Uh, in, into the preamp um, stage of the mix pre, you're definitely going to compromise it. You don't need it. It's also got such a vast amount of gain built in there already. It's up to yeah. 76 dB. You just don't need a cloud lifter. So don't use one. The just, only reason um, I did it, Paul, was because 
I just unplugged it from one device and plugged it straight into my mix pre. Easily done. Yeah, and obviously you're not turning the mic knob up as loud, but I'm like, wait a sec, I've never heard noise with my mix pre before, so it has to be coming from this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Craziness. And that probably just encapsulates just how great the mix pre is, that you don't need all these other devices. If anything, they're a compromise. So. Yeah, I mean, you can save yourselves a lot of money um, by going for the mix pre and um, not buying another device and a c- couple of cloud lifters. It, you know, at the end of the day, you don't need it. So It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. And I mean, I love the device. And uh, Joshua, I appreciate you inviting me. It's uh, always uh, nice to talk to you. And uh, I think you've got a great podcast. So um, thank you. And keep it going. The price of the mix pre's. Particularly if you happen to be a hybrid creator or someone that does podcasting and also maybe music, it can be everything that you want it to be. The thing we didn't really cover today is how frigging bomb proof it is. I've recorded people sitting in a park when it's 45 degrees C for an hour. Ouch. And that thing was literally untouchably hot when I picked it up, did not affect it in the slightest. And yeah. I've, I've dropped it, I've accidentally dropped it out of my car and it's hit the road and rolled a little bit it didn't even look like i dropped it it doesn't even look like i've taken it out of the box it's so well built so congrats on building such a great product and giving us a super a super premium tool that doesn't cost it's not well i'm just a regular person it's not beyond the cost of a regular person that's willing to invest so thank you joshua that's uh kind of you to say so okay now i better just go and invest this noise assist just have a look at that. And just, I won't be buying it, but I'll probably be dreaming about it. When I um, well, hold off for a bit. Give me a call, and um, I would like to talk to you more about that. Okay, very good. Well, thank you, sir, and have a good right. day and enjoy that beer. See Thanks, you, mate. Joshua. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> this episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.